For this episode, I decided to share with you a full, I would, I think it's an hour and a half webinar, seminar, session that I delivered about how I healed myself. And I, I gave this talk live for my newsletter community. And I wanted to share it here on this podcast with this other part of my community, just to give some insight into how my healing process has gone over these years of a true and um, deep and curious <laughs> exploration into my own um, deepening of my own wellness and overcoming a lot of diagnoses and discomfort, not only in myself, my own body, my own psyche, my own mind, my own emotional body, but also extending to my entire family and how everything I understood about health and wellness, or even didn't even care about actually in my early years, how that has changed and evolved and allowed me to live a life where I am no longer um, I guess, controlled or um, limited by any sort of diagnosis or um, prognosis, or I don't even use medical language anymore, and how I freed myself. And I also wanted to share this with you because I want this to be a message or a means or a, um, an entry point to your own liberation from your own struggle, physical, mental, emotional, and moving into a full-on enlivened life, because this is what we are here to do. So I hope you enjoy this um, presentation. And um, at the end, actually, and in the show notes, you'll be able to see where to get a hold of me, where you can actually join my programs, actually, that um, where I lead people into this new and expanded way to be in the world. So um, I hope you enjoy it and do join us if you want and um, in the programs and uh, I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Before we begin the podcast, I just want to tell you about a gadget that has been brought to us by Ken Cedar at the Science of Light. And this gadget has brought light, balanced brains, elevated states of emotion, and overall wellness to many people's lives. And it's called the Soul Shine Phytovites Light. So I have a couple questions for you. Did you know that light is an essential nutrient? And did you know that lack of light or the wrong light or the right light at the wrong time of day, what Ken Cedar and John Ott call malillumination, can discombobulate the hormonal and neurochemical systems of the body, resulting in symptoms some would diagnose as seasonal affective disorder, sleep problems, ADHD, obesity, learning and focus struggles, depression, and anxiety. 
The number one way to receive light nutrition is to get out into the sunshine, of course. But if you can't get outside enough, or if your days are short like winters here in Saskatchewan, or if you need extra light healing, give the Soul Shine Phytovites a go. I highly recommend them. This light got us through some pretty long winters and days at the computer. So you just plug it in and point it towards your face for a few minutes a day. It's super bright, like a starship from space at first, but you totally get used to it and learn to crave the effects. So do check out my interview with Ken Cedar of The Science of Light for an in-depth interview about illumination and where you can be inspired by Ken's heart, his wisdom, his dedication to the health of our children, and check out the lights on their website. Ken has given my community a generous $50 off with the promo code at HFF. Both links are in the show notes, so check it out. In case you don't know who I am, (sighs) and I got to take a break because I was actually just taking a breath because I was just like in my head mode. And if any of you do like any sort of online work or you do a lot of thinking and then trying to go back and forth between the mind to the heart, mind to the heart, all this kind of this work, this coaching work. And I'm also a writer. So it's, it's like, I have to know when to shift (laughs) in from one energy to another. So I was really in my head this morning, kind of getting some stuff checked off the list, doing some emails and all that kind of stuff, writer mode. And then I literally just got out of the bath where I was singing my head off. (laughs) like I'm like and I was like singing to like some old school Mariah Carey okay so that this is balance this is balance so I'm going to get to that point where I'm going to talk about how balance has helped me to heal myself and to continue to do so and the reason why I say continue to do so is that healing is not health is not a destination and we have to make sure that we know this like I don't mean just hear it and say that's a neat idea we must fully feel and understand the concept, not just the concept, but the truth that health is not a destination because all we're going to do is keep beating the crap out of ourselves when we're not perfect. And really, it's not the point to be perfect. The point is to listen and to adjust and to, um, you know, I guess, marry up with the beat, right? That's, that is the dance that is your life. Okay, so I want to make sure that we start off understanding that. So I'll I'll back up a little bit and I'll give you a bit of um, like insight into what my history has been and how I've come to this, these sorts of like, I don't want to say conclusions because this is an ever growing, never ending evolution. That's the, the nature of our, you know, becoming aware in our own lives and as a collective, you know, community. Um, But I guess what I've been landing on, you know, like lately. Okay. So this is where I've gotten to so far and where I come from is really important to go through that so that we, I can take you along for this journey. I guess I see, you see my cat. I hope she's distracting anyone. And if she gets to like bathroom grooming, I'm going to move her. So if I say just a minute, I'm going to move her, but she'll be fine. She usually sleeps there and listens. She loves to listen to me. And she's, she's usually part of the, of my world. I have actually, we have six cats, <laughs> but the most on the roadside. Okay. But that's one thing you must know about me. So I'm Carla Atherton. 
Um, if you don't know already, all of you are on my newsletter list. The only people that I actually invited to this session were people who have been, who are on my newsletter list and already part of my community. So I'm hoping that you have some kind of background or knowledge about some of the work that I do. And you're here because of that, so that you have a bit of expectation. But I, I always move people out of expectation into possibility. That's the first thing we do. But at least you have, you know, a little bit of the like sort of where I'm going to be coming from. So we have at least partially a shared vocabulary. We are speaking the same language. That's all we need to bring us together. Okay, so hopefully you know a bit of that. I um, first started, I hosted the Children's and Teen Health Summit. I've done four of those and I've interviewed over 200 people. When I was in that um, area of my work, I was actually in the midst of, of really literally like a frenzied and actually I think it was it was mainly fear-based Um diving into functional medicine because what I saw in the medical profession that was offered to us when my daughter had a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes was not adequate. It it literally spoke against everything that I knew in my heart of hearts about our bodies and about wellness and about our possibility. I didn't know how to do it at the time. I didn't even know what that meant. All I knew was that what I was being told was a load of crap <laughs> like it was it was a partial truth I shouldn't say that because I don't want to poo-poo people who are trying to help who are in professions that are healing like helping professions I don't want to do that but what I want to say is that much of what we come to or what we understand about health and wellness and well-being is, is sort of like um it can be partially true, but it's always partial. Even the stuff I'm going to talk to you about today. Although what I, what I really feel and what I'm really passionate about is that when we put all the threads together of all the things that we learn throughout our lives, we do come, we pull together the ones that are like those everybody has in common. Okay, so I'm going to get to those because that is where the shift really happened for me. I stopped looking for the details, the cures, the one shot things, the things going to make the pain go away. I stopped looking for the diagnosis to go away for, for, you know, all of these symptoms to just, you know, go away. Not that they didn't. I'm not going to tell you that they didn't because they like a lot of them did actually. And and I would say, I'm not even going to say what percentage I'm going to get to that. Okay. But as that happened, I realized that it, that was the wrong focus. I was focusing on the wrong things. I was focusing on the details. And all it did was fuel my fear and my panic. And that's actually the, the complete opposite of what you, what state you want to be in when you're state of wellness, healing, connection, right? Cause it's, it's very disconnecting. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go to my notes because I don't want to veer off too far. So again, my name is Carla Atherton, you know. I have started to define myself as a deep wellness health empowerment coach. When I said health empowerment coach, people were like, what do you mean? I, I, I want to actually just feel better. I want my back pain to go away. I don't want to have this diagnosis. Like health, health empowerment was way too much in your mind and all this stuff, but it's essential. Like, but I couldn't get that across to people when I said, when I was saying health empowerment, health empowerment is actually the, the key to all of those results that you want for your life all those results that you want in your in your health it's the key but if i was if i was saying that it didn't really speak to people in that way so i said holistic health empowerment okay that means more well, oh it's not just the mind it's the body it's the soul it's the spirit it's like maybe it involves a little bit of nutrition maybe it involves lifestyle maybe and it involves all of that right but then i was like nope the goal is not to feel 100% all the time because we won't that's unrealistic it's it's just unrealistic plus we don't see 
we, we actually don't even appreciate when we feel well, when we don't have a little bit of time where we're just like, wow, I'm a little off today. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the human condition. Okay. It, it's the human condition. If we keep rejecting that, we reject parts of us and then we reject our humanity. We don't want to do that. We want to accept it and we want to love it. So working my way out of the fear and into this state of empowerment involved practices, ways of being, um, ways of seeing the world that actually brought me into a state of wholeness, putting myself back together. Okay. So in order to do that, I had to actually accept what was happening in my life and not in a way that is giving up. That is very different then letting go. Okay. So, and then it opened up all the possibilities. It's like, and I would hear people say stuff like that. And I'm like, shut up. I don't even want to hear this. It was, it was irritating actually, like to have people say, I, for me to heal, I had to let go. And then it finally happened. It's like, but <laughs> how do you do that? And then all the, it was like, you're trying to let go. And then you're give, beating yourself up because you're not letting go enough. And that's why you're still not feeling well. Right. Okay. So I'm going to work you through all of that. All right. So I'm going to, like I said, I keep promising I'm going to go back to my notes. All right. So again, I started off with the Children's Health Summit. I interviewed all of these people. I dug super deep into functional medicine. Um, and I, I got a lot of places, but not where it was, where I was feeling deeply well. It could be like, well, as long as I went on a protocol, I would feel okay. And as long as I didn't deviate from this, I would feel okay. But I was still always fighting. Like I was constantly fighting something, either myself, my past, you know, my body, you know, the people in the medical profession that didn't believe me or didn't support me in the way I wanted to be supported. There was always some kind of fight happening and that's exhausting. It's it's so exhausting. So I'll tell you uh, first where, um, okay, so yeah, what am I, what did I want to say about that? Okay, so Children's Health Summit. I ran the Healthy Family Formula, and I still do. It's a sister site. But I moved more into this work that I'm doing right now that we're going to sort of unpack right, right now today, which is Carla Atherton-inspired coaching. So it's not just coaching individuals, but also, like, and I'm always about the family, but also how we can be leaders and stewards. So we are people who are not just interested in feeling better and becoming deeply well for ourselves and for our own benefit, but also because we want to leave a legacy. We want to mentor. We want to help others. We want to be a lighthouse, a midwife, you know, a light shining, you know, like a person that can actually say, hey, look, man, I did it. So can you. To the kids in our lives, the youth that are struggling, right? Because we are, we are really seeing a lot of discontent. And I actually don't see that as existential threat. <laughs> and that's going to sound sac, like sacrilegious or something, because everybody who's in this, like really deeply in this fight, and I'm going to talk about that again, which is a noble cause, has a noble cause. It is, um, it is, is really focused on the fear rather than, uh, the possibilities that we have right at our, our, like right at our feet. And so anytime we operate in fear, we actually close ourselves off to the possibility. It's always the case. Like, and okay, but I want to, I'm not going to go on that, that, on that too far. All right. So here is, I think it's a pretty casual talk that I've put together for you. Um, I hope that this talk plants some seeds. And gives you some good gems and takeaways. So I want you to leave here feeling like it's not going to solve everything because that's not how this works. Because 
literally in the process that I actually talk about in all my teaching and coaching, there is a download. Okay, here's the download. This is what we're doing right now. We're downloading. And then there's this part where we need to incubate and process and and actually help put it all back together. And then we kind of upload it into our lives. We implement it. It's actually sometimes like the next day, you'll be boggled by something someone talks about one day. And the next day, it changes something. Two weeks down the road, it'll come back. Three weeks down the road, it's literally life changing, but not in that sense that we get when we talk about pill for nil. Okay. And, and that never works anyway. It's just, a, it's like, it's like worshiping a false God. We might as well just give that up right now. And that's a big thing to say. It's a big thing to give up. And I'll, I'll go through why, because there's pain involved sometimes, or we think that there's going to be pain involved when we give up those, uh, those, those practices or those beliefs or those, those medicines or whatever that's keeping those symptoms down. What if I said to you, my key to my wellness is to turn it up. (laughs) And I don't mean I'm in more pain. I mean, I'm listening to why. I'm listening to why. Because, because why? I have reconnected to myself first. I've reconnected to the others around me. I have reconnected to my environment, the earth, and, and also like just universe. Like why are we here? Right. What, what is it that we're doing here? Reconnecting to all that because the root at the root of all dis-ease, and I never will say disease anymore. Dis-ease at the root of that is disconnect. Okay. I'm going to keep going to why. And I'm going to read the chat comments after I'm, I'm kind of at this point where I'm going to pause. So keep them coming. If you have chat stuff to say, if you have things to say, you are more than welcome to speak up in the chat. All right. All right. So I have gone. So I did have one question for you all when you registered for this. So you are all here. Like, so I had you register because I wanted people to commit to this time together. And I also had you answer one very simple question. You could answer as long, you know, as short as you want. The common denominator for my question, why you were here and wanting to hear this story was that you wanted to know how I healed. And I'm going to say how I continue to do so, because again, I will state over and over again that healing is not a destination. Health is not um, a destination. It's a dance, right? And it's an, it's like a growing and evolving capability to adapt. And, and that is the coolest thing. That is the coolest thing. Like as you start to um, work with those ideas, those practices, those new ways of being, right? Um, you will see your bounce back is much faster. You will find the process less painful. And actually the pain becomes information rather than suffering. You will suffer less because of that. It, it, and then you can let go of whatever it is that it, your body is trying to tell you so that you do not have chronic symptoms. It's not the symptom. It's not, you, nobody's here because you had a backache yesterday and it's gone today. None of you are here because of that. You are all here because there is something consistent and persistent that you don't know how to move past. Okay. That is what's going on. So this is, oh, so, so I'm going to keep talking about that. All right. So, um, backing up. So, <laughs> so backing up here. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lay it all out for you where I've come from. Okay. So I have had lots of time in this journey where I felt disempowered. I felt frustrated. I've been in pain like a lot, like literally waking up 
and I, I had to get into the bath just to really like five in the morning because I couldn't sleep anymore. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself because I, at that point I actually had tools, but I didn't know which one, like it was so, I was so uncomfortable. I can't even really explain what it was like. It was like every fiber of my body was inflamed and I would have to lay in the tub and just like let the water heal me. And actually that was, that's one of the things actually I find that's really, really healing is water itself. But that's another topic for another day. We could probably talk for an hour about that. Um, and I was in a state, I, I wouldn't say it was just pain. It was also suffering because when I come back to this over and over again, pain plus resistance equals suffering. Okay. If you resist it, you will suffer. If you, understand, you know, find the causes, you resolve it, you release it. There's so many things you can do there um, that that uh, moves the pain and that acknowledges the reason for it. That won't have to scream and yell at you anymore. It will be, it's like a screaming, tantruming child. It will quiet and it will move on. It will have, it will have no reason to cause this level of discomfort in your life anymore. And that is, that goes for physical, mental, emotional stuff that is screaming at you right now. And it's usually all three. It will manifest in all three of those areas. Okay. So with every challenge, um, so I had this like warrior person in me. Okay. And this warrior would kick in and I, I want to call her a sacred warrior. And I'll get to that reason in, in a moment because she is sacred. Um, yet she was taking over. And so, but she kept me surviving. And I've always felt this core sense of strength, like this warrior in me because, and things were pretty hard at times. And, um, but the trouble was that the battle is not sustainable, like I was saying before, and there's never any rest. And so it's exhausting and it distracted me from what new experiences I could have. Now, I won't say that I regret any of my life at all. I don't regret even a second, not even one bad decision. <laughs> well, maybe like a couple it could have been a little easier, but I, I literally, I look back and I love my life and I don't want to see it necessarily as a badge of honor. I don't necessarily want to see it as anything that, to regret or lament or poor me, I'm going to stay in my story. I see my story and my part in it as um, I, I see myself as the protagonist, and this is what I encourage in my clients as well. You are the protagonist. You're not the victim there, and you're also not the aggressor, and you're not the person who's to blame, and you're not, there's none of that. You are just the protagonist, and you you move through life with what you've got at the time, right? So through my life, so, so when my life started, so beginnings of my life started, the beginning of my life, I want to say, I could say, I use the word riddled, but I'm a very, I'm very picky when it comes to the words that I use, but I'll say, I'll use it right now just for, just for effect. But my family was riddled with addiction and, and was very emotionally unstable and unavailable and unavailable actually to me. And there's lots of childhood trauma that I'm not going to get into. And I want to say though, before I go on is that what we do in the trauma field now as well, we're becoming very aware of how early childhood experience, even in the womb, even ancestral, that stuff lives in our tissues. It lives in our DNA. It lives in our memories unconsciously. It triggers and it recreates the past over and over because our, our, our minds and our, our, our minds, I guess, and our biology has adapted to that to keep us safe. 
It's, it's literally to keep us safe. So it is a brilliant adaptation, but it's not, it doesn't allow us to move forward. So addressing that was important. Okay. Realizing that was important. Yet we cannot only see our families and our history as being something that we have to heal from. Our families, our histories, ourselves, our lives, our experience are also beautiful. So it's part of the totality of my existence. So there was also great joy. We sang our heads off. We used to like clean the, you know, the house to like Jane Fonda workout. And like, um, like we would, we'd play Prince. I should have worn my Prince t-shirt, right? Like purple rain was when I was growing up. Okay. I was the eighties or whatever. Right. And, um, we'd listen to like fame, you know, the fame record and like the record would skip as we were like jumping around dancing. We had so much joy and so much laughter and we had so many moments of insight and love. I'm never going to say that because we had trauma, instability, addiction, there were reasons for that. And those were adaptations because, because of my, family, these family members, their own disconnection to their self and their own disconnection to others and the world around them. This is a cultural issue. Okay. I just want to say that. Then later uh, we had um, pretty serious medical diagnoses. So I I mentioned one, right? So type one diabetes, that's like a, that's a, that's a shitty one. (laughs) If you think about it, you know, it's like, well, this led me to thinking about mortality. Like, you know, you, you're, you're a young mom. You've got, I have, you know, three children. They're all healthy. We don't really have to think about what if I screw up and my kid doesn't wake up the next day? What if that, like, you don't have to think about that on a daily basis. Could happen to anybody. Like you could, you could go, you know, get hit by a car or have a car accident. Things like that happen all the time. But it was a daily reminder at that point that this could happen. These kinds of things I actually think, um, put us into a different understanding of life itself. And it, it, it literally trains us into a different way, a different, different things to, um, consider so that when things do happen, you got it. You got this. Like, I mean, okay. So when I, when I mentioned that and I'm kind of digressing just a teeny bit, but when we, when there was the lockdowns, right, which were really hard on everybody for varying reasons, everybody had their own story and their own experience of it. Um, for me, actually, it wasn't difficult. And that, and that sounds like, and some things were challenging for me that were going on between people, all the polarity and the differences and all the in, in the fighting between people, but what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And that was tough, like, you know, to be able to like navigate all that. But myself being responsible for my own wellness, not knowing, you know, if any of these institutions would ever start up again and, you know, all these things about my, how was I going to make money and like, how we're going to get supplies, like that stuff we were prepared for in so many ways because of our challenges. So I would never, ever, 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 ever say, I wish something was different because it wasn't. And it, and it, it, I, I really don't wish it was. All right. So later on, um, again, so we have this, I had a aunt who had cancer. There was a big, I was part of her, um, support team for many years. I was actually there when she passed away. Um, my, you know, I'm not going to say who, who, who all the time. So we've had scleroderma, thyroiditis, depression, Lyme disease, stroke, anemia, heart disease, and on and on. Like that's not even, that's just the one, the biggies, right? And so we also had like 
very long parts where we were very disconnected as a family, although when we moved into the country, the purpose was to become closer and we literally imploded. And that was a lesson as well. So we had like serious financial marital troubles. We almost lost our house twice. Um, and then the, all the trauma and the struggle that comes with that in an internal family unit. And then myself, okay, so here's me, dissected carotid artery. Okay. That was crazy. That was looking my mortality right in the eyeballs, baby. And you know what I did with that? I laughed my way through it, even though I wasn't really supposed to laugh because I had this clot that could have went, you know, up into my brain. And, but I just, I literally, I just, I, you know, what happened was that throughout my stillness practices, um, I was able to move through those things that were still working their way through my body by um, not catastrophizing them. Now, I want you to come away from this talk with that word. Do not forget the word catastrophize, okay? Because as soon as I learned that word, anytime that I make a really big deal out of something, which could be a big deal, like, I mean, I wasn't really keen on the idea of dying. I mean, I, I didn't want to die. I have, I have shit to do. But, um, and my kids love me and I, I would, that would be really painful for the people in my world, you know, but I couldn't focus on the fear of an outcome I wasn't sure was going to happen. We never know. So what are we going to focus on? The fear and what we expect or that could happen that's like terrible, or we're going to just let stuff go and we're going to just do our best. And we're going to give ourselves the energy that we need because we have mortal bodies you know, we don't live forever. I mean, what, this is always a surprise to us, but like, we're, we're going to die. Yeah, we are. And, you know, and so, and I just decided to just, I, you know, just have like some laughs and some times where we just, I don't know, let go of the fear to welcome the state of healing. Okay. Cause it's really tough. Like fear and survival happen at the same time, but joy, laughter, letting go, stillness, calm, being able to respond, that leads us to the actual healing that needed to take place. And I needed to be present and aware as to why I had that. Why did I have a dissected carotid artery at such an age and, and, and spontaneous? Okay, so the diagnosis was spontaneous, which means we don't know where it came from. We don't know why. We don't know. Um you know, like this happened and, you know, like, well, actually I did like medically speaking, it's not, it, you can't explain it. But for me, I know why that happened. It was all territorial. It was this big spaz I had the night before because I wasn't dealing with my stuff well. And I was so upset. And then I literally, I, my body just went and was trying to heal from all of that. So that's another story that I can get into another time, but I don't want to take too much time because I want to kind of move on with this. But I just want to say, um, I'm going to the chat just really quick before I get I continue on with this story. So um, Ita says 99% truth, 100% fraud in our health system. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, and Ita, Ita and I've had many a conversation about this. And she said, uh, universal stuff. Yeah, baby, it's it's bigger than us. And so we don't have to be afraid of that. We if we just see it, we're like, wow, 
Wow. I do have agency, but at the same time, there's something going on that's, that's bigger than I've been taught in this little box, right? It opens up everything. And so, um, Marie was saying to everyone, so yes, enjoy the present, let go of the fear of mortality. Okay. Here's something, Marie. This is the coolest thing. I don't know if you follow Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush, but man, oh man, like something he said about, um, he is very, uh, I don't know if the word is well steeped, but he has been present for many births and many deaths. Being, um, doing midwife kind of work, you know, in his early days of his doctor degree, like when he was doing his degree or his, did some kind of residency, but, and also in his work in, in cancer and also, um, in palliative, right? So he's, and he's had a lot of time to think very deeply about this. Okay. So he gives a lot of talks about, um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like he is literally like talking about what this means to be in this body, right? And connecting it to the physical body, but also the mental, emotional, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the universal, like this, this whole existential question of why. <laughs> and so when you, when you said he talks about mortality and he says that um, we live in an anti-death society, but what we could shift into, he hasn't ever used the word shift. I love the word shift. I'll use that all the time. But what we could shift into is this pro-living, right? Pro-living rather than being so afraid of death. We're just going to go for life. And isn't that the shift? So when we're anti-death, all we're exactly, and when we're anti-death, all we're doing is worrying and living in the past and creating all these bubbles and the armor and all these things that are going to protect us from the very world we're here to experience. How does that work? It doesn't. And we know it doesn't. This is why there's depression. There's chronic conditions because we're turning down the volume when we could just turn it up and be like, well, what am I supposed to hear? Oh, I get it. Now I know how to proceed. If we just keep going, no, 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 like this, la, la, la. I like, I, literally, I will see that sometimes when I'm trying to speak to someone who is kind of still really afraid to open up to some of these ideas. This is what I see. La, la, la. I'm like, no, just like open up. There's music. There's art. There's, there's joy, beauty. Okay. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Um, all right. So there's a couple other things, uh, that I wanted to mention. Cause so for me, I had that dissected carotid artery. We, like I said, we laughed, um, because, you know, I was getting in trouble from the nurse because I was joking around when I was having this e e ECG. They were trying to get me to stay still. And my, my sister and I were laughing <laughs> and, and, and she's like, stay still. And it was, it was, it was fun. We just, we just had fun. It's like, what else do you do? You know? And, um, and so I had that and then I moved through that. I, I healed myself through that, through not catastrophizing. I think that was the first thing, moving me into not being afraid of dying, but being in, enthusiastic about living and moving through this and going, what is this? I'm going to figure this out. Healing my relationships. Um, you know, uh, what was, oh, I used like things like fish oils, right? Because I knew that that would help my blood flow. Um, I use things like I, I was very, I, I had high and quality nutrition, but I'm not giving advice here. I'm just saying that I knew how to heal my body on the physical sense, but I had to add what I was going to do mentally and emotionally and how I was going to change my life. Because this was, this was a life changer. This was like one of those things, like, it wasn't just like the alarm going, 
blip, blip with a little light. It was literally like, look, and the bigger the physical thing, the bigger the physical manifestation, the either the longer you've been ignoring it or the bigger the, the change is that needs to happen. And again, I just, I just say, don't be afraid. The, the fear is actually what I'm afraid of is staying the same. That's what I, if I'm afraid of anything, that's what I would be afraid of is staying the same, same pain, same complaints, same stuff. I don't want to do the same, you know, relationship problems, the same conversation that happens every single day. That's never resolved. Right. I think that's what we're all afraid of. It's, we don't want it to stay the same. This is why injury is challenging but we can move through it. But when it's chronic, that's when people start feeling desperate. That's when we're starting to say like, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to. Do, that's when the fear sets in, right? When there is no change. Okay. So, um, and I just want to mention a couple of things. I've had burnout, mystery symptoms, extreme fatigue, like, like hit, like extreme fatigue, um, lots of gut issues, uh, food sensitivities and what I call that whole body ick that I talked to you about that I would have to sit in the tub and just literally like try to feel a little bit better before I went on with my day. And I think I've had such a, like a, my spirit is just like insatiable, like it, not insatiable. It's like, it can't, I, I can't, it can't be killed. <laughs> and I think that's what carried me through all these physical things. Right. And so I suppose maybe it's my spiritual warrior, maybe my spirit warrior. And again, she's sacred. She helped me to survive this. She did. And she, yeah, and I'm going to, but I, she needs to be integrated <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, let that heal and happen. Right. All right. So, and I had joint pain. Oh, right. I couldn't walk up the stairs. Like I was like, well, actually at one point when I was 35, I gave 35 pounds and I had joint pain so bad. I couldn't walk up the stairs. Okay. That was a long time ago. And I'm like, don't feel like that anymore at all. I had balance problems. I was actually worried about my brain because I thought like, what's going on with my brain? Cause I, I couldn't balance. I had, um, like debilitating migraines at one point in my life. I had organ pain, kidney stones, fogginess, memory problems. That's when I started to worry. I was like, Ooh, I don't need that. And I was way too young for that. And I was studying the brain really, really deeply. Like I studied a lot with Dattis Karazian and his group. And I studied a lot. I haven't like traveled around and I took so many courses. I took hours and hundreds of hours, like stacks of this reading and trying to help all the kiddos I was helping while I was still trying to make sure I was maintaining my own healthy brain. But, and so that actually made me worry more because sometimes the more you know, it's just data. But what the point is, is, is for us to be able to integrate it into what our experience is, right? So we move from the data into the knowing, like, what is applicable for us? And that's where we have to tune in, get reconnected with ourselves to know what that is. So for me, you know, it, it would make it made me worry that I had some kind of brain stuff going on. And it's like, what does this mean? Like, would I have a diagnosis if I was to go to the doctor? I could have actually, maybe I could have, I could maybe be on meds right now getting worse and worse. Like I've seen a few other people in my, in my world, in my life right now, that's what's happening to them. And I just want to scream at the top of my lungs, like get off that. There is a reason for this. You got to figure that out because this is causing you to move down that road that you don't want to be at, but it's like first takes that courage to listen and to turn up the volume. 
Okay. So again, um, I was, so early on, I wasn't really taught how to mitigate stress, but I learned how to do that. I intuitively knew like from a very young age that I could do something about my situation. And because I knew that, right, I figured, I started to figure it out. So I started pretty young, but I still had a lot of learning to do. So as I was learning, I was still experiencing all this stuff that came from, you know, this age to this age to this age to this age. And there was actually a very long stretch where I didn't really have anything going on when my children were younger. Okay. So when I was a new mom, I didn't really, I I was like fit and I was running around the riverbank with them, taking them to libraries. That's where they grew up on the riverbank in the parks and the libraries. We were hyper adventurous. We swam like once a week. We went to the libraries like several times a week. We were all very involved in our community. I actually unschooled them. So we had a lot of time to just be and play and create um, so it was really beautiful those years, yet there was stuff that wasn't resolved from when I was younger, when I was in this whole world of addiction. I was, I was never addicted to substances. And I think that was, that was purposeful because if I was every, nobody else had anybody to help them out. So I was literally just me, right? So, um, so I, I had to sort of like, and I was also the fixer. So I had to, there had to be someone who could kind of like, and I actually really just didn't want to. It wasn't something that I felt compelled to do. But that stuff, you know, that stuff kind of just started to kind of surge up, you know, it started to come up in my body. Um, I started to get tired, right? And I started to just like all the stuff that I just mentioned now, that happened after I really kind of like ran myself into the ground working a bunch of jobs. We built a house. I contracted it and I was here every single day while I worked three quarter time, you know, taking care of and homeschooling three children, right? It was huge. It was a huge undertaking. And so I did that. I I, I burnt myself out. And so, um, but this desire to know, it, it, it kind of married up with just letting myself be. And so I started to practice yoga and I started to do mindfulness um, practices. I started to get more in touch with that kind of side of myself, less on a psychology level, because I actually did a, a minor in psychology when I was in university. I jumped ship out of that and I went into English literature and all this other stuff. But um, so I I started I started to move less in like out of psychology and into like the spirit and consciousness studies and what this meant why all these things could come up and then like talking about energy and, and emotion. Right. And so there were a lot of lessons I had to learn. Like there were revelations, understandings. And one of the most profound was that health really isn't a battle at all. Okay. And I, I started off talking about that, but I'm going to weave that in one more time here, maybe a couple more times. Um, and all this stuff, the stuff I was experiencing, the stuff that was worsening or was just not going away, or I was just turning, uh, just turning up. It was turning itself up because I kept, you know, so I'll deal with you later. Um, it was due to that rep- repression, the disconnect, the judgment, the suppression of what I needed to explore. So that's why it was happening. So what I did was I continued to reconnect to myself and nature. Okay. Um, And I started doing that when I was younger, but more and more and more. And my kids were a catalyst for that because I wanted them to have that exposure. And so through them, I got to play and I got to go into nature and I got to spend six hours on the riverbank without worrying about whether or not I had to go to work because I was taking care of my kids. I was with my kids. 
Um, and I also, um, it's, it was a way of living and a choice that I made and, and the things that I chose to focus on. So I created and I continue to create that reality. And, and I think all of us have that capacity to create our own realities. Actually, I don't just think that this is a knowing. Um, regardless of whether we know this or accept this as truth. I mean, even, even doing nothing is a choice, even relying on what someone else told you is a choice, even believing what someone else, you know, said was the truth about your health. Uh, that's your choice to believe that or not. Um, and it's also your choice to believe whether or not you have that capacity that you, and, and, and it's not easy all the time. I'm not saying that it can be very difficult, especially I even think about being, um, you know, having like echoes of, let's say, a parent or an ex or even a, someone who's currently in your life, an echo of what they say about who you are, what your potential is, what you can do, what you can't do. That stuff can be really helpful because some people are extremely like unlimited in themselves. So they can see that in you. But some people have such limitations on themselves. They can project that on people outside of themselves. So they see this is impossible to heal from this diagnosis because I haven't seen it happen. And that's what they say in this medical world. But that's just what they think. And that's just what that world thinks. But it happens every day. It happens every day. And so it's really about how we what we take in and we can have those echoes it's just bringing the unconscious into our conscious awareness that is the that's the first step and what does that take reconnection it's tuning in listening 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 and stop turning it down and turning it up all right so um i'm just getting back to my notes just to make sure i'm not missing a couple of things um, all right. So, so just as I had a hand in creating what I was experiencing that could be called suffering. And I, I, I don't know if I would have called it suffering then. I'm not one to just feel sorry for myself. Like I have, I, I have. Don't worry. I'll be like, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. You know, I have, I have those moments. I've had those moments for sure, but I wouldn't say I've suffered so much. Like I just, I, yeah, I've had pain, that kind of thing, but I tend to see the glass half full. I see roses. Um, but it's not always that easy to do. Right. And I've had, and I also realized that I had a hand in creating the life and health that was possible for me and my family. So when we realize that we have, we are the protagonist, right? We have a hand in this creation of our lives. First, we can say, well, then it's just going to blame me for all the stuff that happens. That's bad that I don't want. And this is my fault that I have this. No, that realization also tells you that you have a hand in creating the life and health that you want. And I don't mean expectations of a cure. I don't mean perfection. I don't, I, I, I mean, what I mean is a deep and profound state of wellness. It's, and it's literally once you've tapped into that, you can't forget it. Like it, you will come back to it as default. You, you actually go, crap, I can't even feel sorry for myself. And you'll be mad because you can't feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> You're like, well, I can change this. Ah, shit. I can't even sit here and just wallow in it for a minute. I mean, you, you may be, you may be able to do that for a minute, but you will literally come out of it over and over and over and over and over again. And the world just gets bigger and your health just gets bigger and your life just gets brighter. It just, it keeps going. It's, it's unstoppable once you can step into those waters. So one of the things I had to realize was that I was sometimes making like fear-based warrior, you know, that fear-based warrior, um, I was mistaking the fear-based warrior, sorry, with empowerment. Okay. 
and there that can make you feel empowered but the warrior is so very important and it's so very important at times and i love that aspect of me like i said but if she motivate if she's if she's motivated motivated by fear she's not playing the long game okay so it's not it's it's like um it's like when we over identify with the fight we can limit ourselves trapped in a war against doctors and diseases and dangers and you know instead of opening what can be for us right and the opening can't happen with the all the armor that we're trying to protect ourselves with okay so i'm going to move on from that okay so my approach to health has changed dramatically from a fear based model okay who was saying that ita thank you thank you you rock too you rock too love <laughs> all right so it's it's moved and even like even with ita going through this whole process with me she's witnessed a lot of this because even when she started i thought this was so empowering and it and it was to some degree but it was still a fear based model of fixing mine and everyone else's pain and discomfort right and with a lot of other people who are wanting to do the same thing, all of us fixers, all of us, you know, big hearted people, which there's like a lot of us are, but we had this goal of a cure to, um, and it moved, but then I moved from an inspiration based coaching style where I support guide and show first myself, then other people what they can do, right? Rather than what they should do in order to move into each of our own flow of deep wellness, whatever that means for us. But it's always that, that undercurrent of I'm well, I'm happy. It's like you could be in the worst situation and go, but I'm so happy. How can I be happy still? <laughs> and it's not delusional. It's literally a state of being, right? So first I had to go through this, like a significant and still evolving process of shifting. Okay. So here's the shifting, right? And this is what I teach now. Everybody I work with shift how I think I had to do that first shift how I felt shift what I could imagine shift what I did in my life and how I be how I was that shifted everything about my life. I had to shift the language I used and I thought in. Okay. And I'm just using, I'm just going to go through topic by topic because I want to get to a practice here right away. Um, I had to undo and unravel all the constructs, the beliefs and conditioning I grew up in. And really that we all grow up in to give my mind, soul and heart the quiet space to listen, to breathe and to expand. But first I had to, and this is again key, I had to reconnect with myself and this took and is still taking some excavating and stillness I didn't know before. I didn't, I didn't even know this before. I actually didn't, I remember, you know, like taking something for like my doll, you know, when I was 17 for cramps and I literally didn't even know I could do something else. That's, I just thought that's what you did. You know, I didn't know that I could eat better or I could, you know, like move around or I could put a hot water bottle. Like I didn't know. I just literally thought this was my only option. And I ruined my stomach doing that as well as taking lots of medication for my migraines. You know what, you know what cured my migraines? You want to know what cured my migraines? A better diet. I was severely deficient in vitamin D and I had B vitamin deficiencies because again, crappy living. And, uh, I didn't know I was living crap. I just like, this is what we did in the eighties, grow up on craft dinner and McDonald's. And so, and I, and literally I, I started taking uh, a supplement. I don't have to take it anymore because I've shifted my body, but B vitamins. I took vitamin D. I changed my diet and I stopped drinking coffee. 
That's all I did. And I had debilitating migraines where I couldn't even get off out of the a dark room for 12 hours straight. I was like, I would be so desperate. I'd go to the hospital for Demerol. Okay. And then it wouldn't even touch it anyway. Didn't matter. And it would, it would just be like out of the blue. Well, I actually realized there are trigger foods and I realized that MSG can trigger migraines. And I realized that if I stayed up all night, my body would be so depleted of energy that I couldn't function. And that would be part of like whatever triad that was going to come together that day for that migraine to happen. So I literally, all I did was look at it and I'm like, Oh, and those are just the body things, right? Those are just lifestyle in the body. But there was other things that could have been at play there too, but they did come up later on in life as a different manifestation, different symptoms, okay? So um uh language, yeah. So, and I also had to undo and unravel all the constructs, constructs, the beliefs, the conditioning I grew up in. Now, this is a big one, okay? But I just want to plant this seed here today. Um, these contracts, like I said, these are constructs we all grow up in and I had to give myself room to expand. So I, I know I said that already, but these constructs, constructs are so pervasive and I'm going to, we're going to go through a really quick exercise to demonstrate that right now, but I just want to put, I want to plant that seed again. Okay. So first I had to reconnect to myself. Um, and this took and is still taking some excavating. Okay. So that I already said. And then so methods of suppression dumbed down the body signaling system. So I had to learn this. This was an aha moment for me. Methods of, of suppression, like the medication I was taking, right? Dumbed down the body signaling system. It's saying, man, you are deficient in vitamin D and B vitamins. Get the hell outside and eat better. That's what my body was saying. And I was ignoring it. I was taking like, shh, shh, take the medication, take the medication. And I just had to listen. Um, I could respond. So this was another thing, an aha moment. I could respond rather than react to my body, to the life, to my life, to situations like, oh, I'm just going to have a spaz now because that's what we do when we're upset. We spaz out. No, we get off the crazy train. We stop. We get off the crazy train. We get, you know, we don't want to cause all kinds of cascades of the hormonal cascade, the brainwave state, the mirror neurons, the relationship issues, the the mean things that are said, or the bad decisions that are made. Hey, man, stop the train, get off, get off, get off at the station. And so I had to learn how to do that. And I'm still I'm still learning how to do I still I, I'm not learning how to do I'm still trying to practice it more and more and more, even though I'm like, this, you know, this amount of time I'm doing it, this time I'm still, still feeling like I want to react to this. Oh, it's an old trigger. It's an old hurt. It's something, right? Still excavating, excavating throughout our lives. Um, okay. I also learned this is another aha moment. I could prevent and move through challenges so they do not have the need to become chronic. Like I said, when we don't excavate and look at it and turn up the volume, we, we don't move through it. It it just keeps turning up and turning up and turning up. And so, um, yeah, that was a big aha moment for me. And I also realized that I could heal um, the causes rather than cope with the symptoms. Because I think that most, many of us are running around trying to cope with the symptoms, just like get through the day, 
just, uh, you know, please like let this stop. Um, you know, what can I do to turn this down and, and, or just cope? Like, this is my life. I'm going to accept it again. Like I said, accepting certain parts of all these things doesn't mean that it's going to stay the same. It's actually allowing it your, your body, your psyche, your mind, your soul to release it so that you can move on. It's literally the answer. Okay. So I want to, I want to do a little, uh, exercise with you right now. Okay. So I want you to just take a couple of breaths. Okay. And just like breathe in, breathe out. It's not going to be like a super quiet thing. And exhale. You can exhale through your mouth. Sometimes it's really nice to exhale through your mouth because you can let out whatever stuff has been energy that just needs to kind of move. Okay. So we're going to do one more. And we're going to breathe out of our mouths again. And so what I want you to do now, okay, so it's not going to be like a total, we're going to do a different um, exercise at the very end. And hopefully you're, you hang out with me for that. I want you to think of something you have wanted to do your whole life. Okay. But haven't, you haven't done it. Um, or you have been meaning to do it for yourself, do something for yourself. And I'm not talking like, I want to change the world, Ita, you, um, you know, I want to, eh, I, I, I got my family. I want to do all this. Like, I want to he- do all this stuff. Um, no, I'm talking about something for yourself or is something that you have done that has felt right to you, but has been criticized by others. Okay. So this is where I'm talking about the echo, right? I want to do this, but dad says it won't make me money. <laughs> I want to do that, but you know, only bums are artists. <laughs> I want to do this, but I don't have the time. My kids come first. I, I, I did. I never signed up for that weight loss program because I'm afraid or because um, I'm not ready. It's not Monday yet. <laughs> it's not January 1st yet. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I have lots of time to live my life because I don't have to change it yet. It's not painful enough. Okay. Or someone told me I can't, I shouldn't. It's stupid. Right. Any of those reasons, just pick something, just pick the one that's the loudest for you. What's the loudest one. And I want you to sit with that for a moment. And I want you to ask yourself, why have you not done it? Or if you have, how did you feel about it when you did it? So let's say you did, you did end up doing something counter to all of those voices and opinions. Um, how did you feel about it when you did it? How do you think you were perceived for doing it? Or how do you think you might be perceived if you did? And it could be a good thing. You might be like, well, if I actually did do that program, um, I actually might feel like better about myself because I committed to myself. I listened to what I, my, my soul wanted, my heart wanted, what I knew would be good for me, I guess. Um, and then were the consequences, were they, were there consequences? Okay. So shame, blame, criticism, abandonment, regret from you or others it could be from yourself. But we always know that the echoes in our minds are you are always from they come from the external, you know, especially in those early years of childhood. Okay, those things are like, whoo, they're deep, they go deep. Or or and these aren't good or bad, but I'm kind of clumping them as such. I shouldn't do that. But was there relief, joy, inspiration? Okay, so 
any of that stuff is any of it, or could it be a combination? It's a relief for myself to become an artist, but not for my dad. And I still feel scared what he's going to say, you know, like that, there could be a combination and there could be a lot of conflict and, and that's tough too, right? The conflict within the people who make us safe and want to be safe in the tribe and the, and our, what we truly believe that we need to bring to that tribe. There's a, there, there, that, that's, there's discord there. Okay. It could pull us apart. So, okay. So I wanted you to sit with that. If you have something there, um, go ahead and type in the chat. We can talk about it after, but I just wanted to plant that seed. And the reason for that is why I wanted to demonstrate. Okay. I wanted to demonstrate how, why, all those things, some of those things that can be underlying these um, voices or these messages within ourselves that need to come to the surface. And that's one, these are, this is one of the reasons why they don't or why they're suppressed or why we feel like we need to live in this model of suppression and fear because, and because the reasons why you denied this are the reasons why you're denying why things in your health are not coming up to the surface or not being resolved. It's one of the reasons. I just wanted to demonstrate with you how deep they go, right? All right, so let's keep going with the story, okay? So although, okay, so as far back as I can remember, um, I've and like I said, I've always known that I've been an agent to my own destiny. But early on, I didn't understand how true that was and to what extent. Like I thought, okay, I don't feel good now. I'm going to go for a bike ride, right? And that's awesome. But I didn't realize how what extent that went to. And so I continued this, like, um, I suppose, I don't know, journey of reconnecting to myself, to others, to the world around me, the earth and the universe. You're going to hear me say that over and over and over and over again, because that has to land. And I had to incorporate this reconnection as part of maintaining and expanding my wellness. So here's a couple of things that I did, did that really stick out for me. So I became a mother and raised our children in parks, library, libraries, and the riverbank. Um, I started to see how lifestyle and nutrition were important and, and to feed us better and better. Like every day, it just got better. And every month and every year that went by, I just, I learned more and I understood more. And I want to say one thing about this though. Had we started off and actually my kids starting off with a different place that I was at when I was a child, we don't have to actually relearn this stuff. (laughs) This was my process of coming back, coming home to myself and to my own wellness. This doesn't have to be the case. And when it isn't, you learn something else in your life. You're always learning something, can't right? Again, we don't know everything, but it doesn't mean we have to start from scratch with all this stuff I had to learn. because. Again, if we already knew that, if you, if we all gardened, right, and we lived from the earth and like, you know, lived in this kind of, I don't want to even say utopia because it poops it because it doesn't. I think that people totally could do that. We totally have the capacity to do that. We don't need to rely on big industry and, and, you know, factory farming. We just don't like we, we could do this. But again, people are like, well, I got bills to pay. I got this. Yes. Okay. I live in an urban or an urban area. Okay. But if you really peeled it back, if we lived that way, it would be natural. We wouldn't have to undo all this stuff and peel it all back and find all these different things that, you know, like the like different ways of being. Like I remember, um, when I had a, we had friends who were gluten free. They could, they couldn't eat gluten or, or chose not to. And I remember thinking, what the hell am I going to make them for supper? <laughs> I can't, like that was like 20 years ago, but I, I laughed because I'm like, 
There are so many things that don't have gluten. I don't know what, what I I was like, what am I going to make them for supper? Oh my goodness. Okay. And I wasn't like distressed and I, I was very happy they were coming. But at the same time, I was like, I think now, and I'm like, that's kind of easy, you know? So as we, as we move through it, things become easier, but also if we start wherever the starting point is, you know, there's that cap- capacity for us to just simplify because it looks complicated, changing our lives, changing your, you know, your habits, but it's actually simplifying life. Okay. So we bought land. This is another thing we did. So we bought land and started a life on a rural homestead. And we held space for our family in nature. Now, like I said, we had that had its whole can of worms of challenges that I'm not going to get into today. But what we did allowed for this to happen. Again, like, I don't regret anything. Actually, this is one of the things I think we did that was the best thing. It was the hardest. It was really hard. But it was the best. And so, um, so I traveled and I soaked up worldly cultures, which is, was beautiful. I studied, continue to study while at the same time critically thinking about everything I chose to engage with. It's a big thing. I'm not going to get into that though. I opened my mind and intention to things that elevated me, moving away from polarized debate into unifying reconnection. It's another thing we really work through in all my coaching and programs is unifying rather than polarizing. I, I just got tired of debating and I'm right. You're wrong. Cause it gets to the point where you have to be right or you're nothing. You have to be smarter. You have to be, it's like this whole world of competition and it, it totally deafens us to like other people's brilliance, our own brilliance. It, it just, it just disconnects like a bad wire. And I started teaching what I was learning. Then I taught, um, then I taught what I was relearning. So again, like I evolved and then I taught what I was evolving into. And I started to understand that symptoms are signs. Okay. So here's some points for you. Okay. So if you want to go back to your and compare for your own health and your own wellness and what might be landing for you and what you can kind of take the, away from this and apply to your own personal state right now, I started to understand that symptoms are signs and how are they for you? Okay. And communication from the body, the unconscious mind, even the soul, and are not bad. Even the ones that are uncomfortable, they're not bad. They are symptoms, they are signs, they're communication. Next one is that I brought parts of myself, of my family, my community, culture, and world that I rejected out of exile. That's a really important thing. That's a whole couple weeks of work that we do in this or um, deep wellness sessions we do on this topic of exile. But just to plant the seed here, what parts of myself, I, I, I there are so many parts of myself I had to bring out of exile. And same thing for you. What are those things? Like, is it is it, you know, the weak person? I can't be weak. Oh, that was me. I could never be weak. I, I had to be smart all the time. I had to fix everything or else like I wasn't a good person or I'd feel bad or guilty. But I was always motivated by love, I think. But also too, like, I actually was disempowering people by thinking that I could do more for them or better for them. They could do for themselves. <laughs> so that's really, wasn't always the best thing. That's not. So this is why empowerment, self-empowerment is essential. It's essential. Okay. So what, what is that? That, you know, that I, I had to bring all those things out of exile, the good, bad, ugly, you know, it's not even bad, but the good and the ugly, you know, all those things, those 
those had to come out of exile to bring us back whole to into this wholeness. I also, I saw firsthand that we are brilliant beings always healing if we have the right inputs that give us energy. And if we first and foremost, get out of the way. Okay. So we need things that give us energy and then we get the hell out of the way. Like we, we, we stunt our growth at every turn because we are afraid of allowing it to be, to arise, to arrive and to be because we're, we kind of misunderstand that the next step is for it to move, right? It'll move. And some, it's, it's tough. It's tough to stay in it sometimes. Um, I learned often the hard way that suppression drives conditions deeper, often the hard way. I've learned this often the hard way. Okay. That suppression drives conditions deeper, that the signals will get louder if we ignore the communication resulting in chronic pain and conditions and big and scary diagnoses. So this is what I was explaining for those years where I was feeling at my very, very worst. And I was doing some of my best work, by the way, because of my exploration through my own crap. And it was, it was not easy. It was very painful, very, very painful. And it was turned right up to loud volume. Um, all right. So I learned and started to teach others that changes in bi- physiology, biology, physicality, tissues and organs, biochemistry, which would be like hormones, brain chemistry, are brilliant adaptations. The changes are adaptations, not indicating destruction and dying, but the person's innate drive to survive. Okay. Again, I want you to come away with that. It's not a malfunction. We all see all these things as malfunction. My body's destroying itself. I have autoimmune disease. I, I don't, I don't have the right hormones. I love all this stuff. Everything's malfunctioning. My thyroid's not working. No, it's adapting. If we find the reason for its need to adapt, then it will no longer have to adapt. Like that, that one, that was huge. That's huge, huge shift. Okay. I'm just going to leave that for now. And so despite all the struggle, like I said, I don't, I don't, I actually really don't wish any of it away. Um, not even one second because it was my life and I love it. And I hope that you feel the same. Like I, I really do. I think, I don't think any of you were, would be here if you didn't love yourselves. <laughs> right. And I, but I don't want to repeat it. I'm pretty sure none of you want to repeat it. It's like, I want yesterday, today, man. I don't, and this is another reason why you're here. You love yourself and you don't want to keep doing the same thing. You don't want the same result over and over and over again. You, 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 you want to, um, you don't want to suppress and deny. You want to gain wisdom. You want to reveal and you want to release. That's my guess. If you, if that's the truth, you can go ahead and put that in the chat. Um, and moving forward, you want to move forward and myself moving forward where I'm going. It's deeper. It's just, it just keeps getting deeper. And that's where my, this whole sense of deep wellness comes from. It literally bubbles up in laughter, in joy and curiosity. And, and even when I have something happen, like, on Friday, I was like, I, my back started hurting. I'm like, what is this? Like, ah, what? And I didn't even injure myself. What's this coming? So I dug deep. I got curious, wasn't comfortable. But at the same time, I'm just, I literally like, I kind of, I laugh about it. I'm like, this is interesting. Never would have known this was something was lurking under there. And so it's not a linear or predictable path but an inspired adventure. And that's how I've, I've really found that deep wellness is for me. 
So we're going to be wrapping up in a few minutes here. Um, I said we'd be 60 to 90 minutes, so we're still pretty good. But I want, I can't leave you without talking about these truths that have come forward for me in this really interesting um, journey I call, like, I guess my whole life. Um, all dis-ease is due to lack of the right energy and repression. Okay, like I said, I'm just going to put it into a couple points. Further upstream is a disconnect from self, others, the world, earth, and the universe. Disconnect. That's what is at the very upstream of all of the what's coming down the pike. And to heal or make whole is to reconnect, which requires stillness, focus, and intention. There's intention. Okay. There's intention behind this. It's not like we go, well, and like, you know, there is this letting go and being and still and meditating, but we still have this intention behind it of what we want to create. This is why visualization practices are really fun and super powerful. Very, very powerful. We do these in my deep wellness sessions too, where we just like, they're like, and people come out and they're like, wow, you know, like, my everything's different and the, and you'll see in your life things are different so um there is intention right in the way we live in the way we want to be at the same time as as stillness so that we can connect to what we intend and to what we want to focus on right um this requires an understanding that health is a dance not a destination as i've said twice already the whole point being to experience love and embrace it all because that is how we learn so we learn so we're here to do it's a human condition baby um and then again we do away with the resistance so pain plus resistance equals suffering let's get away from the resistance and we, what do we have out of that? We have growth, we have wisdom, we have health, we have deep wellness. So um, here's, okay, and now I'm going to get to a couple things that I've actually done, done, not just concepts that I've understood or figured out. So for me, I create, like, I create my own reality. We all do, right? We decorate our houses, we play certain music, we, you know, whatever we do in the yard, you know, we, we create stuff. We have like, I have books all over. I have like essential oils beside me. I've got like my tea here. I use them, this mug a lot because my son gave it to me and he chose it from a potter, a local potter purposefully for me because he knew that handcrafted work I appreciate that. And I know someone made this and my son picked it out. And my daughter, another mug I use all the time is a mug that my daughter bought me. That is, it's, it's all like printed with Shakespearean insults. (laughs) Insults that have been taken from Shakespeare plays. Like you foul so-and-so. And it's just hilarious because she knows I have a back, I mean, I have a background in literature and, you know, I know Shakespeare and she works in a bookstore and she also, just and we share like a similar sense of humor in a lot of ways so it's, it was really fun so okay so for me I create this a sanctuary for myself to live in uh, live on purpose pay attention to how you live why and what for that's not always an easy thing either especially with those echoes in my own head what I should be how much money I should make what I should do with my time I wouldn't do any of this I wouldn't be here right now with you if I listened to a damn word of that it doesn't mean it was easy and doesn't mean it didn't, I didn't feel alone sometimes or that was hard or that we, you know, like finances and all that. D- did it make sense? I don't like, does, I don't know. I mean, yes, <laughs> but it had to happen. 
because this is my life and this is my purpose, right? Um, okay, so another thing, uh, nourishing my mind, body, spirit with thoughts, people, media, art, etc. So that's like all day long, every day, all day long, every day is where do you focus? Is it CNN? Is it uh, fearful news? I mean, yeah, okay. Sometimes we might need to keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening. You know, I don't know, like whether or not, whether you think that that is something that you need to know about, but what is it? What's the energy that you're bringing that's bringing to your life? Are you feeling more afraid? Are you feeling less expansive? Are you feeling more sick, more stuck, more disempowered? Filling your heart, mind, body with thoughts, people, media. I listen to lots of podcasts, etc. That uh, I say, I call it things that uplift me, that enliven me, that make me curious, that connect me, right, to myself and other people. And then not taking your life, your pain, your suffering too seriously. So again, like I said, I laugh every day. So laughter has, I've heard this described as the movement of the soul, and this takes slowing down, noticing gratitude, etc. And so the key is balance and harmony, not win, lose, good, bad. And that's tough, like I said, but um, my shift number one is to move out of expectation and into possibility. This is the first thing that I work through with all of my groups is to move out of expectation and into possibility. And that is where you're free to be the agent in your own life. Um. I live with curiosity, joy, and love. That equals my inspired life. What is that for you? What makes you, what, what are you curious about? Um, what's going on with this pain? What makes you joyful? Um, I, I just, I mean, it, it, literally, like I said, as you start that as a practice, and maybe you do it already, maybe you do it already, but just watch, like, if you have, like, well, Ita, you, you, you're walking with a baby. <laughs> watch the baby laugh. You know, watch the baby laugh, watch the trees rustle in the wind, watch the cat just sort of like walk super slow. Like my, one of my cats, he just is like, he embodies stillness. (laughs) Ah, there's the baby, you know, I mean, become more, (laughs) become more involved in the beauty that is life because like all this other stuff that we put, um, importance on yeah okay you know we don't want to be homeless okay that no but there's so many things that we can do that will lead us away from that it doesn't mean because we are doing things we love to do that that's going to happen right and there's so many things that we do that don't matter at all and there's nobody that's been on their deathbed that has said i wish i would have worked more on something i didn't want to do because I would have had more money. Like I, nobody says that. Nobody says that. So I listen to the cues. I follow the breadcrumbs. That's another thing that we work through. I can't get into it now because I'm running out of time and I don't want to lose you because everybody has a threshold for, uh, attention span. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just going to plant this. I listen to cues, follow the breadcrumbs, do very little that I don't want to do unless it's for survival, right? So again, everything I do in my life is because I'm inspired to do it. And it means something. Um, it doesn't have to be a big thing like changing the world or becoming the president or the, you know, ruler of the empire world, whatever. It doesn't have to be that. It's just 
things that you want to do and you and it will lead you your intuition again it's turning up the volume what is it that i want what is it that is not working for me that's usually why things don't work out that's usually why things don't work out it's you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing right now so you ask is it essential is it mine to do is there a better way and i do everything i do want to do <laughs> I, I kind of pretty much do. I do everything I want to do, even if it seems to be insane, insane, even when others don't understand or try to impose their own limitations on me. Because I know that that's not my limitation. It's theirs. Yeah. And I must express my genius in you too. What's your genius? What is your genius? Ita, Nicole, Marie, what's your genius? And you know what? If you know, go ahead and put in the chat. I mean, and I, don't be shy. You know, we all have, I have things that I'm really not genius about. That's not, some things are not my genius. No, but some things, yeah, you got it, you know, and that's, we bring that all back. We bring that together. We're, you know, as a, as, as this human collective, I suppose. All right. So. Um, some of my practices, I'm going to share with you some of those real quickly, and we're going to do an exercise to close out. Okay. So stillness, meditation, nature, my cats, breathing and breath work. Okay. Um, I could expand on my cats, but I won't right now. Uh, but they're fun. And, um, so those, those practices have been key for me. And I'm actually going to throw this in the chat box, actually, in case there are just some things you might want to explore. And you can add whatever might you might be thinking of as well. And and um and I'm gonna read Ita's comment in just a second. Okay, so visualization, focusing, and imagination. And actually, those all of these things, when I lead a session, I combine them all. It's 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 like it's literally an experience. Okay. So because each of these things brings a new element and layer to um, and this experience, because we can think about change and we can actually intend to do, and we can actually go through the emotions, but if we don't experience how the emotions shift through that, that practice, it, it doesn't do anything. So we literally need to be immersed in it. And then you feel it, it shifts. And then you're like, whoa, I went from like a hundred to, you know, a two, as far as stress was concerned in that 10 minute session, because I experienced it through the visualization, through the sound, through the breathing, through just first being still. Okay. So um, another thing that I love uh, is sound, music, resonance, and soundscapes. I was just telling you, I was singing my head off in the bath. It doesn't have to be. I mean, I do this all the time, too. I use, like, really um, wonderful tracks that are specifically built to have binaural beats and, and you know, stimulate certain brainwave states and, like, you know, hormonal cascades happen after that and blah, 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 all these different things, which is beautiful. And I I do those a lot. And I use them in my teaching and my sessions as well. But I still love a good pop song. Okay. It brought me like memories and I was singing and I was like, ah, it was, it was so fun. It's, it's a release. So it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be crafted even. It could be something literally like, okay, man, it's too quiet in here. I'm going to turn it up. I'm going to turn it on or I'm going to just like play an instrument for a while and get lost, you know, in the sounds. All right. 
And that kind of brings me to creativity. So for me, writing, uh, I do, I play piano. I'm not great, but I, I like playing it. I started playing the drums just for kicks because we had drums get gathering dust in the basement, you know? And so I'm like, well, I'll, I'll play them. And I love drumming. I'm kind of do this all the time when there's music, but I'm, I'm not playing the right one with my hand drums. But anyway, so writing audio diaries, like I literally coach myself because I think you actually might want to try this because you can center yourself again, you know, like be like all this other chatter, but I'm the one that holds my own wisdom. You're the one that holds your own wisdom, right? So, um, and you're not always right. You could always look, listen to it and go, oh, that was a weird thing to say, or I, you know, because you're still open to being able to shift and grow, but sometimes it brings you back and you're like, oh man, I was letting those fears carry me away. And I was letting it take me away from my purpose and my joy, all these negative things. And I just had to talk to myself. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, you got this. So I do audio diaries. Um, I build worlds because I, I'm actually working on a fiction series, a fantasy fiction series. And it seems like, what is that? That's totally crazy that you're doing that. And it's like, it, what does it have to do with all your work? It's like actually the culmination of all of my work. It's, it's all of it coming together in a world I'm creating. Like it is so fun. And I, I'm, I'm going to be keep, I'm going to keep sharing that with you through the, the uh, newsletter. Okay. So stay on there and keep your eyes peeled. Hey, essays and I, and my teaching. Okay. So that keeps me in, in those are, that's some of my, those are some of my practices, reading, podcast, exploration of ideas, critical thinking, um, movement. I love dancing. That's what I do on my walks. I walk dance. <laughs> And that's also cultivating joy because, and sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'm with nature sounds, depends on my needs. Again, listen to what you need. Dancing actually helped my back. And also so did like uh doing like a, what do you call it? Myo- myofascial release, right? So block therapy, because that actually works on the emotional level with the tissues and the emotion in the tissues, but also on the physicality and where we can be just contracted and returning to old patterns. You see how all of those, those um themes are all related in all of the aspects of ourselves. So dancing, yoga, walking, I love Qigong, but I don't do it every day. Yoga is my thing. Um, block therapy, like I was just saying, a moving meditation. So I walk and sometimes meditate as I walk, like to think about stuff. Um, and also nourishment, food, right? Plants, teas, ritual. Actually, last night, I just, I went to bed super early because I was tired and I wanted to be present for you. It's literally was just like, I'm going to go to bed early and I'm just going to, I need to sleep. You know, you have to, don't have to do, do, do all the time. Cause literally with this list, you'd be like, I have to work that into my day. <laughs> you like actually create like another problem for yourself. Another to-do list. I have to take care of myself. No, you do what you want to do and nothing but what you want to do. That's a challenge. And I have my kind of like ritualistic cacao every morning. You know, we, my daughter and I, we make it and it's like, ah, oh, it's like cacao actually connects you to the heart center actually. And then this all changes and evolves all the time. That's just what I'm doing now. Okay. So we're going to end with an exercise, but first I want to read this, the couple comments that I didn't have a chance to. Oh, Marie, you're a singer. And then I'm going to say, read my Carlos Creed and then I'm going to lead you through a practice. Okay. So we can to end out. Um, and then 
Ita, yes, you were saying your intention to finish the coaching. Well, maybe it wasn't the right time because it's like the bomb now. It's like so much better even than when you started. And um, you were saying, thank God I'm now experiencing shifts in my life and my children's lives where I have an in in empowering my own marriage and them to own up to the in their lives. Yeah. And I think it was, too, I think like the energy is as well as like, you can, right? It's not that you're, you haven't and you don't want to, and you, it's more like you, you can do this. Like, this is something that is available to you, right? Like when we're talking with our families and the people we love, you know, this is available to you. And um, Marie said, listening and uplifting others through my voice. I love it. I love it. And actually, there's so many ways to do that. Um, I did a little bit of that on my social media. I was experimenting <laughs> Like, I don't know, I'm singing on stupid Instagram, but like, or like my family karaoke's <laughs> I do like karaoke parties and like, and all like, just like, and you know what, Marie, that takes a bravery because, um, like, it's like, why am I singing? You know, or, am I good enough? I don't know if you ever felt, felt like that before, but as you just go, I don't care because I know that it uplifts people when I sing. And I'm just going to own that. That's your ge- one of your geniuses, right? That's what you, you were saying, listening up all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you keep singing, it's not just the energy that that resonance gives. Like, that's all there. Resonance, moving all the energy, the chakras, the, you know, the expression, the, like, all that stuff. Like, shifting, like, how you're, you're like, you feel, right? And um, the human voice is actually a very, like, there's lots of studies about that, actually, the human voice and how healing it is. But also being able to express that in the world and know that this is something you're bringing to others. And you might not always feel it, but they do. They'll they'll sing along with you. Or you'll hear someone like, you know, you think they weren't really listening and then they, you'll hear it somewhere else. Or it's, it is, it it spreads. It, it It's, it's beautiful. I love singing. I love singing um and voice and just like speaking you know speaking um all right i'm not gonna read carla's tweet actually i've I've decided not to i've been talking way too long and i want to bring you into an exercise to thank you for coming and um let's do that now and then we'll close out with like just a just a quick little check-in and then we'll end the session so it's going to be a little over 90 minutes, but I want you just to come with me just for a few minutes here. We'll keep it short, but um, this is really simple to do. Okay. It's very simple to do. We're not going to do a complicated practice. Okay. And I'm going to lead you to the most basic and profound exercise, which is returning to our breath. And the breath connects us to our sentience. It returns us home to ourselves. And so you will be able to go forth today and not only do what you want to do, right, in your life, only do what you want to do in your life, but also feel really well while you're doing it, more centered, more grounded, um, again, home, home to yourself, present in your life. And with the knowledge, and not just the knowledge, but the understanding that you have the capacity the wisdom, the innate ability to heal at all times, 
no matter what, and to always feel this undercurrent of wellness. And so we're going to connect to the breath. And what I want you to do is, is just be really aware of your breathing. Where's it coming from? Is it coming from your mouth or your mouth breathing? Is it through your nose? Is it rapid or slow in between somewhere? Is it cool? Is it warm? Just notice it for just a second or two. That's all. Just a second or two. And now I want you to be a little bit more deliberate about your breath. And I want you to bring it in, but inhale through your nose. And I want to just, let's just exhale through our mouths. In through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. And keep doing that as I talk. In through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. And notice that as you're paying more attention to your breath, it slows down a little. And by breathing through your nose, your nervous system is shifting. Your brain waves are shifting. And things may come to you, thoughts may come up, and that's okay. This is the point is not to shun or exile anything, but to exist in stillness regardless. And to allow those things to ebb and flow like waves on the ocean. And so you breathe in through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And now with the next inhale through your nose, you can exhale or inhale through your nose. You can exhale through your nose as well or your mouth. Doesn't matter. But what I want you to do is inhale just for four seconds or so. And exhale longer than you inhaled. And let it just empty to the bottom. And then you kind of land at the bottom for a second. And then you inhale again. But just enough that you have enough air. And then you stop at the top. And then you exhale as long as you want to. till you're empty. You don't want to starve for oxygen. And if you feel you need to breathe, you just breathe. It's all right. But just focus on and have the intention as a with a longer exhale. So inhale through your nose. And exhale. And soon you'll notice that you just kind of forget. <laughs> to breathe in until you actually need to. And as everything starts to calm, you move into the the parasympathetic state of rest and digest and repair and heal. No matter what's going around on around you, even though there are things in the world that exist and there are people in your home, for now we're just focusing on the breath. Because all of those things will be there when we come back. And when we come back, we bring with us the stillness we have cultivated. So I just invite you to do a few more breaths in through the nose and out through the nose or the mouth. 
announcement. If your eyes were closed, you can open them now. So I hope you're feeling grand and lovely. And um, perhaps you're taking some of those seeds and chewing on them for a bit because they sometimes take some time to germinate. I don't know if you chew on seeds. <laughs> Plant them. Plant the seeds. See if they germinate. Uh, and um, I invite you to communicate with me. So connect with me. If you want to just send me a message, uh, not to everyone, but to me personally through the chat or send me a quick email, I have some time today if you want to talk about. So like I said in the email, I said I was going to give you whoever showed up the opportunity to book a clarity call with me if you want to know anything about how to work with me one-on-one. In my program, I have a cohort coming up in September for the Take Back Your Health and Power program. And it's a selective program because um, it's really important to me that people who are there really want to be there. Like they're ready, right? They're ready. And so, um, so yeah, make sure just to chat with me here and uh, I'll, I'll have your email address because you signed up. Or just send me an email um, asking, requesting some time. But I have some time set aside today. So I suggest you do that because I have a very busy week coming up for the rest of the week. Okay, so I'll be here working on my books (laughs) and and, uh, keeping some time open for you um, if you'd like to meet up. So I would love to meet you. And uh, I don't think there's anything else that I didn't put down. Oh, also, I did actually promise that there was time to ask questions. Now, if you need to go, we're done. But if you have questions for me that are more specific, and you got the stamina and energy, I actually feel like I could go a little longer. But I can stop the recording now. And if you'd like to just kind of hop on and I can do a little Q&A. Yeah, Ita. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I was, um, I shouldn't read those out loud. Those are private messages. Okay. So I'm going to just stop the <laughs> recording. And then if there's Q and a, we'll go, we're going to go for it. This podcast is sponsored by the healthy family formula and Carla Atherton inspired, which essentially means that we share our information for free for more support, community, audio coaching, full episodes, bi-monthly live Q and a discounts on our group coaching programs and more become a patron of my work at patreon.com slash Carla Atherton. And just to keep in touch. For more information about anything related to family health and individual health empowerment, deep wellness, and your journey into it, do pick up my book, Family Health Revolution, and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at CarlaAthertonInspired.com and the sister site, HealthyFamilyFormula.com. Check us out on Instagram at CoachCarlaAtherton. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of me, the host. 
This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers and support people if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Thank you.